Welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. This sermon is taken from the 2015 Annual Missions Conference. This is the evening service of Friday the 29th of May 2015. And here to give a talk on Bengali is missionary Mohan Zagirdar. To share a little bit about the work God is doing in this city. And he is doing great work. And it is a privilege to be a part of the work going on here. Maybe this evening you may feel the remnant of the earth, a little group, and uh, maybe sometimes you are discouraged. Uh, I have been coming to this church uh, since 2004, and uh, I have met many people coming through the door and going out. And neighborhood was different, and now neighborhood is different. And Birmingham is very drastically changing. And the world religious picture is changing very quickly. And it has changed, and it will change. Along with that, our Great Britain has changed a lot. And it is going to change if the word of God has to be fulfilled or God wants to fulfill his promises and uh, all these things he promised to believers. Those things are going to happen. And uh, we feel bad, we feel sorry when our brothers and sisters suffer all across the globe. Sometimes we feel so gloomy. Uh, It's very hard to come out of it. Because of people I happen to know, the pictures I get, the videos I get, sometimes it is uh, very difficult to get up next morning and say a word of prayer. Yet, At the bottom of my heart, I know, even so, come Lord Jesus. He is coming. And if he has to come, and you and I have to go through some tribulation, I'm not talking about the seven-year tribulation. I'm talking about the things happening all across the globe. Maybe we are safe here. You remember those 21 men were beheaded in the shores of Libya? And I still remember this man, he shouted, Ya Rabbi Yeshua, my Lord Jesus. Those people are not theologians. Those people are not PhD in Bible, nor their pastors. They are simple believers. Maybe many of them cannot quote. Maybe they can quote, maybe. I do not know. I'm just telling that. They may not be able to quote many verses from the Bible, but their faith, they went through the fire. That is a song. We all go through the water. We'll go through fire. But all of us, we have to go through the blood of the land. And uh, if we look into the Christian history of the Christian church, each brick was built and soaked in the blood of the martyrs. I go to Rome, we have a small Bengali group there. 
I passed by the Colosseum. My friends tell me, Mohan, let's go and see it. Never could have heart to go through it, see a place where my brothers and sisters were murdered by thousands, hundreds and thousands through ages. I never had a heart to go and see that place. I'll read a portion of the Bible. Uh, this morning I was listening to reading of book of Revelation, but I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a little bit from the book of Psalms, Psalm 115. And in this world, we have two ways for the gospel, to face the gospel and truth of the gospel. Either idolatry or for living behind idolatry, coming to the living God. To me, gospel is the true faith and rest all is idolatry. It may not be a real idol, but... It is equivalent to idol. It may be a prophet, we wor- uh, someone worships. It may be an wooden idol he worships. It may be uh, the money, the fame, anything. Apart from Christ, there is no true faith. And that's why we Christians are called exclusivist. But I do not mind it. I used to mind when I was a young believer and I used to argue. And yes, Christ is exclusivist. It's, a, it's, it's not 700 club. It's a, it's a blood-soaked brick club. It's not 700 club. People are worshiping God and many Christians, they do great things. And I do not want to undermine anybody's work. If someone speaks and witnessed to a person in 30 years for once, God can use that. And we often think that, oh no, that's not the way. But God knows it. Psalm 115, few verses from beginning. Not unto us, O Lord, not unto us, but unto thy name give glory, for thy mercy and for thy truth's sake. Wherefore should the heathen say, where is now their God? But our God is in the heavens. He hath done whatsoever he hath pleased. Their idols are silver and gold, the work of man's hands. They have mouths, but they speak not. Eyes have they, but they see not. They have ears, but they hear not. Noses have they, but they smell not. They have hands, but they handle not. Feet have they, but they walk not. Neither speak they through their throat. They that make them are like unto them, so is every one that trusted in them. O Israel, trust thou in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. Hallelujah. We trust in a living God. This film I, prob- I, I probably had seen earlier, but we can see. And it's the story, uh, though they mention it fictitious, but it's a kind of blend of uh, story and dramatization and what happened probably late 70s or early 80s. And most probably the story happened in Egypt. But those things, we think that those are far distant, but in this country also things are happening. And uh, 
we have to be on our knees for the work of the gospel being preached here. I work with Bengali-speaking people, and we have nearly, at least through uh, government data, we have about nearly 60,000 Bengalis living in Birmingham City. And East London, they have, uh, someone says that it's near, nearly a quarter of a million, maybe more, maybe less. Some, most of them, of course, many of them are illegals. Many of them are, most of them are legal. Um, and what is going on around us and in Middle East, since uh, all these uh, aggressive jihadists came in power and war is still going on, we feel sometimes that Christians should go out and wage a war. Many people ask me, if we raise an army, would you like to join? But those are different things. Waging war and preaching the gospel are two different things. God calls people and people respond according to the leading of the Holy Spirit. I cannot make a uh, comment on that. But apart from all these, we all can go out and share and live Christian life as an example in a neighborhood which is really alien to us. I lived about seven years in Spark Hill. And God blessed us. We made good friends. We still have friends. And uh, at one point now, the beginning of this year, we moved out of Spark Hill. We had our good times. We had little time of panic. We had little time of rejoicing. But all in God's hand. Very briefly, I want to share about uh, Bengalis in England and uh, how, where from they come and what is going on with these uh, Bengali people all across the globe. Um, continuously, BBC is showing programs on the refugees coming out of Bangladesh, trying to go to Malaysia, Indonesia, and all other places. And this morning or last night I saw they were interviewing a lady who sent her 14 years old son to uh, Malaysia and he was sending money back home. And another woman showed pictures that uh, her husband went out and they could not trace her husband. Maybe they died. Bengalis, uh, uh, Bengali is the fourth largest linguistic group in this world, beginning with Mandarin Chinese in the beginning and then followed by English, Spanish, and fourth is Bengali. It used to be in the sixth position, now it is fourth. And uh, people only think, most of the people have the concept that Bengalis live in Bangladesh. Uh, that's not true. Bengalis live in India too, I am from India. And uh, now, in 1947, when India became independent, they divided the greater India into Pakistan and East Pakistan and India. And East Pakistan, which is now Bangladesh, it, it's, it's totally, almost 100% is Bengali-speaking people. But west of Bangladesh uh, is, a, is a state called West Bengal. It is 100% Bengali. And Bengalis are spread all over India. Uh, in Bangladesh, they have 160 million Bengalis population, and uh, roughly they estimate nearly a million or more there all across the globe. Uh, the statistics may not be correct, maybe more, maybe less. And in India, we have, in my home 
county, which is a part of uh, Assam state, we have nearly two and a half million Bengalis uh, living there. And most of the Bengalis living in England, they speak a dialect of Bengali, which is called Sileti. It's not the proper uh, Polish Bengali. Polish Bengali is spoken in Dhaka as well as in Calcutta and other parts of India. Uh, Sileti is a dialect which is hard to, which is uh, very difficult to be written into written format. And there, are, uh, there is very little literature. Uh, I would not say very literature. Now, the, now efforts are being made to print. Uh, I have a couple of um, New Testament written in Sileti. Yet, uh, Sileti can, it's very difficult to say that the Sileti language in written form will be popular, except in Silet in Bangladesh. Um, we work with uh, Christians, some Christians from Bangladesh, mostly nominal, and also another, another direction we are working with uh, non-Christian Sileti speaking group. We regularly visit 14, 15 families. We used to visit a lot more, but uh, we, we have diverted our work into uh, asylum seekers' work. My wife uh, is not doing very well since car accident and head injury. Uh, I have to give her a little time, but she's still working with Muslim and other women, Bengalis as well as other non-Bengali women which are, who are not uh, Christians. And uh, we have seen people coming to the Lord from, uh, from Bengali background. Uh, probably pastor know about Brother Akik. Uh, he used to work for Birmingham City Mission. I came, in this, uh, came here in 2004. He was baptized in 2005. And a few, few other uh, believers from Sileti background has, uh, have come to know the Lord. It's a slow work. Um, but God is making his way into the hearts of the people. And I know uh, some people will plant seeds, some people will water it, and one day harvest will come. But one thing, looking at the average scene of the world, we have nothing to uh, worry about or lose heart. Wherever we are, in our place, if we, are become, we become effective witness. After living 10, 12 years, most of our Muslim friends, they ask us, why are you like this? Why are you like this? Why are you so different? I would not say that I am extremely different, but they see something in us. As we live for Christ, try to follow him, they see the difference. And they ask. Many of them heard the gospel. Many of them, uh, probably in their inner heart, they want to believe they cannot come out with you have seen the society, uh, some picture of the society here. Um, I'd like to share that one thing you also probably know. That when a person makes a decision for Christ from Islamic background and comes out of it, it's a tremendous decision. Every, every person saved this awesome work of, law, of the Lord, but for them, they're completely cut off. Completely cut off from the families they were attached to, friends they grew up with, the social interconnections, everything, they are totally uprooted, totally thrown out. Uh, for me, I came from communist background. My parents were communist, and 
uh, through the reading of the Bible, God worked in my heart and saved me. Uh, yet I maintained connection with family and I was not totally cut off and I probably cannot understand their pain. Those who believe and leave, leave their families, it's a very difficult, difficult path to walk. As we see in case of Shamir, Samir, his father completely said, you are dead. But I think it is, they showed it is very minimal. They, uh, they probably, they, they couldn't show more. But basically, if you read Brother Andrew's books and the work going on in Egypt, they have pastors after pastors being killed, churches being destroyed. It's, it's not that. In the same way, a uh, year before last year, I made Pastor Yusuf, same Pastor Yusuf from Damascus. And uh, the already war waged upon Syria and all these things going on. Amidst all these, to see their faith, I was amazed. I was so encouraged. And his wife, Hannah, uh, brother Yusuf, his wife, Hannah, and they have two daughters. One is Priscilla and one is Jenny or something, two daughters. And they said, brother, you just pray in England. We need only prayer help. Don't worry about us of anything. I, I saw their courage. I thought amidst the bomb is blasted here, the granite bee is thrown here, people being killed. And he showed pictures. Their church was destroyed halfway. And they used to have 70, 80 people worshiping twice on Sunday. Now, after this war started, people come for help, and they, with most minimum resources, they help. And uh, nearly 140, 150 people, mostly from Muslim background, come and listen to the preaching. So, yes, one way war is destroying people's lives and all these things, but gospel is also being preached. And uh, people are listening, they're questioning, they're questioning Islam. What is this? Why it is going on like that? And... Uh, we live apparently in a quiet and uh, in a lifestyle which is not so challenging. This guy, um, Samir's friend, he was looking for excitement. <laughs> our lives may not be that exciting. Yes, our lives can be exciting. It's a day-to-day -day challenge to be like Christ. To be like Christ. That's the greatest challenge any Christian can face. Because uh, Christianity is a way. It is only grace of God. Rest of all religions, I do or he does, or it's only work. But Christianity, it's grace. I can, you, can, you can unite with me in thinking that, that I do not, I do not deserve heaven. I do not deserve anything good. What I have and what God has done, it's only grace. It's only grace. And we have to share this grace. Uh, Bengalis, uh, <clears throat> as I said, only fourth largest linguistic group in the world. Uh, Bengalis are involved with England long since. 1757, Lord Clive, at that time he was not Lord, Clive from Shrewsbury, and he was an <coughs> army, army officer in Bengal, United Bengal, and he defeated uh, so, um, 
Sultan of Bengal with his army and uh, the British reign started. British set their first footstep on Bengal. Um, and it didn't start in Calcutta. Many often people think that it started with Calcutta. Exactly not in Calcutta. Anyway, it was, I believe that it was in God's plan. After many years, uh, 1757, Lord Clive's uh, occupied Bengal and Orissa and Bihar, three states, and followed by not many years later, after 38 or 39 years, William Carey followed Lord's direction and went into Bengal. Then Joshua Marshman and many others went and started their work in Sharampur, and they started preaching Bengali uh, to the Bengali, Bengali people. And slowly it moved to the movement, moved to the eastern Bangladesh, which is Bangladesh now, and Orissa. And I have one copy of uh, Bible which was translated by William Carey, exact original version. So Bengalis have the, had the privilege to hear the gospel among all Indians, to hear the gospel first. And I think he, was, uh, he had a church in Kettering, not too far from here. So, yes, we are very privileged as a nation to hear the gospel among all Indians first. What we, we do here, we preach in the streets, no doubt. We visit, fam, uh, we visit families, but two, three ways we work, uh, through introduction, through a new person, or through uh, a friend, we are introduced to the family. We try to guess their needs. We make friends, and... We help whatever ways it is possible. Like uh, yesterday, I spent four hours with a gentleman to fill his uh, PIP application. I started at 2 o'clock and finished at 6 o'clock. <laughs> but they're very grateful. They're very grateful. And that way, I, I do not suggest that you go every uh, out of your way to do help. But whatever you, way you can, you help. You love them. Sometimes it is very difficult to love. I sometimes feel when I see this video, I should go and do something about it. But then question comes to my heart. Wasn't I like that? Did I deserve God's love? And Jesus, those who tormented and killed him, Father, forgive them, he said. So we have to have that attitude. Yeah. We may, be glad, we may get slapped, beaten up. If these days are not too far. In the ground of, in this land, we may be beaten up for the witness of gospel. It's not too far. It might happen to you and me. And we have to be prepared for that. And so this is, these are the ways we work. And I used to do a lot of work like taking elderly people to the doctor's appointments, uh, fill up their bank, bank forms, benefit forms, making phone calls. And uh, along with that, we used to share the gospel. When, op- when they asked, we shared. And I, I'm talking about a, I'll t- tell the story of an old man. He's no more here. He's with the Lord, I believe. He was, uh, he had some mental problem. He, has, uh, he had COPD, he had asthma, he had a pituitary tumor. He had a lot of physical problem. In 2004, when I came and settled in Balsal Heath, one English lady who was working with the Bengalis, she introduced me to him. And uh, we became friends. 
And somehow he became very fond of me. And I started taking him to his doctor's appointments and all this stuff. And we shared gospel with him and he didn't understand a lot of it. Because uh, for, you, you, you may remember that to someone you talk about heaven, hell, punishment, it doesn't make sense to them. I said, what is hell? What is heaven? They have no concept. And especially the younger generations growing now. I often talk, I mean, not only uh, Bengalis, a lot of other things. I mean, they have everything. If they do not have job, they have a job, uh, job seekers allowance, uh, NHS treatment. They don't feel any need to pray or ask for anything. They have it. And uh, so to them, hell and heaven concept, I mean, how much you tell it doesn't make any sense. But anyway, this gentleman, one thing he used to tell quite often, Allah forgive me. Allah forgive me. Allah forgive me. So we talk about things. We talked about things. So one day we were sitting, um, my wife and I and his wife, and we were talking, having, having tea and all this. And he said, Allah forgive me. My wife said, uncle, you have been saying all these years, Allah forgive me. And I believe you have not got any forgiveness. Why don't you ask Jesus to forgive? He forgives sins. He asked, really? Okay. He sat down there and I said, he said, he said, uh, Isa, forgive me. That meant Jesus, forgive me in Bengali language. And he kept quiet about 35, 40 seconds. And he didn't have many teeth, but he came up with such a smile. Such a smile. And my wife and I, deal done. We didn't have much, much to train him. Occasionally, we used to go and read the Bible to him or say a verse or one to him. And in 2010, he died. I was in Washington, D.C. I was speaking in a church. Uh, I was to speak in a church on Sunday and reached there on Friday evening. And his uh, family members called me. And uh, some, some of, uh, one of his son called me and he said, my father is dead. And I was very shocked. I was, I was grieved. And anyway, what's, what happened, they couldn't bury him in Islam. Uh, the, the day the person died, they have to bury. It's, it's, it's a must. But for some reason, he had so many physical problems. Uh, he, uh, he underwent post-mortem. And by the time he was to be buried, I came. And uh, I went to mosque and see, to see his body. I'm telling you. When I saw his face, I just couldn't speak a word. His body was, re- re- I mean, he was, body was tormented by so many diseases. He looked 20 years younger and he had such a smile on his face. It was unbelievable. And I said... He was, his face is so calm and quiet. I couldn't say anything in the mosque. I came back and shared with my wife. And I'm sure uncle is in heaven. He had such a smile. And it was a talk among their families. And uh, that he was so peaceful. He was smiling. He looked younger. And uh, same, thing, same thing we observed when my mother-in-law died in 2001. He was, she was in South Carolina. She was also, she underwent through three surgeries and lot of physical problems, but 
It's amazing. So I, I'm just encouraging you to say that you have to be just an instrument in the hand of God. Just to say that one sentence, maybe two words, maybe just a silent prayer. How the, how the Spirit of God works, we don't know. Sometimes, you know, we, I get encouraged, I get so excited to have a theological argument. And uh, most of the time we get invited during uh, this uh, uh, Ramadan or Eid festival. And in Islam, Ibrahim went, Ibrahim means Abraham, went to offer uh, Ishmael, not Isaac. And uh, we learn to keep quiet. The one thing is that when they talk, let them talk, let them talk. At one point, they have to put a break because you repeat ten uh, same sentence hundred times after that you know that it's, it's said and done. And then we have a chance to say. So we used to tell, okay, let's forget about Isaac or Ishmael. We, we used to, we, we, still now we do, we said, okay, why he was offered on? Why God or Allah asked him to be offered on? Uh, Mount Moriah or whatever. I mean, why? And they have no answer. He wanted to test faith, and it is the picture of Christ. It's a faded picture, not very bright picture, that one son would be given. And they have nothing to say. They listen. And it affects them. They try. Please remember that most of them, they don't don't read the Quran. If they read Quran in Arabic, most of them don't understand. Uh, from Balsalhid, we moved to Mosley, and our next door neighbor was an Afghan family. They were very good people, very kind. Five beautiful daughters, and the lady would teach Arabic to the little ones. So young, young uh, I mean, children would come to their house, and she would te- uh, teach Arabic, how to read and write. So under my wife asked, um, you teach them Arabic. Why don't you teach me? I am I'm trying to learn Arabic. And so she came to our house and she asked, oh, one day, oh, do you understand what you teach? I mean, what is written? She said, no, I just can read and write, but I don't understand. And then we realized that many of them read, many of them memorize, but many, most of them don't understand what is there. And now, like this, the most of the mosques, they try to teach Arabic and try to explain. But it's a difficult task because a lot of things which are very, uh, they have different meanings. One way, one says one thing, another way, another same verse can be explained different ways. But that's, that's not the way. Please don't think that they understand everything that is said in Quran. And another thing is that the... I'm not only talking about Bengalis, I'm talking about Islamic, uh, uh, Islamic faith. It's, it's, it's not just coming to mosque. Like many Christians, there can be Sunday Christians. In Islam, you cannot be a Friday Islam, Friday Muslim. No way. Right from rising up till going to bed, everything is intertwined. Eating habit, speaking and worshipping and everything, money... A relationship with people, you take every aspect of social interactions, everything is intertwined. You just cannot separate faith and this one. 
And Christianity is much easier, but not there. So, and th- there is no question. You cannot ask questions. And it's an hierarchy of fear. It's totally based on fear. Uh, I, it is hard to explain how it works, but uh, like we are part of uh, a worshiping group. Everybody's, ch- ch- uh, each family's children, they are expected to go to Quran class. Like he decides, no, my children will not go. Let them watch uh, television, let them play video games, let them read books. So pressure will come upon him. Why are your children and why are your children avoiding this? You would be under pressure. Finally, they have to go. They let go and the children get in. You imagine I saw years after years children coming from school at four o'clock, five o'clock they to Quran class, six thirty, they come out of Quran class and the rest of the things. Every day, six days a week. Imagine our pastor Curtis says that all the children of each family, they have to come to church at 5 o'clock and uh, in the afternoon there will be Bible class five, day, five days a week or six days a week and they, will go, they would go back at 6.30. How it, how it would feel? <laughs> no, thank you. Exactly. But there you have no chance to say no, thank you. Yes, thank you. No, thank you. No, no way. That's, the, that's, the, there, that's where the fear comes in. There fear comes in. And I thank God that our God is, God respects uh, individuality, the right. more I read about the Bible, I realize that God respects us as an individual which he doesn't have to do. He looks for our wishes, our desires, Smallest desire, he honors it. I worked four years in Calcutta slums, and by God's grace, we saw we, we, three families were working, and a church came up. And I realized that one girl, they were very poor. And every Wednesday before prayer meeting, they would say, each one would rise up and say something about thanks. For this reason, I thank God. For this reason, I thank God. And they themselves did it. I didn't start it. Every Wednesday, I used to go for prayer meeting. And so we uh, asked, uh, any, any Thanksgiving? And sh- she stood up and he said, I thank God today I had bread and chicken curry. And my head went down like this. Because for me, bread and chicken curry is no problem. I can have, I could have three times a day, four times a day, ten times a day. So I asked, her name was Kajal. How did it happen? She said, for last two, three days, I had such a desire to eat bread with chicken curry, but we don't have money. This morning, one of my uh, brother's friends came, a friend came and he gave some money to my mother uh, to buy chicken and cook and all this, and we enjoyed it. I thank God. That's true Christianity. Grace, thanksgiving, and... uh, what, what shall I say about our ministry? I don't know. It's God leads. God leads. One thing I want to, I want to tell you that uh, we have such an opportunity. Many doors are closing. Uh, you probably cannot, you dare not to send missionaries to Libya. 
You don't know to send missionaries to Somalia. They're not to send uh, missionaries to Syria now. But they're all here. They're all here. You know how many linguistic groups live in this uh, Birmingham city? Someone told me that uh, people in Birmingham, they speak in 181 languages. Can you believe that? And they're all here. All we have to do, pray. We, we have been working on street for last, uh, at least 12 years. We used to uh, distribute tracts in eight, nine languages. Now we distribute Jesus DVD in 32 languages. Even within Arabic, we have uh, five, six dialects. Sorani, Kabili, Algerian, Syrian, um, um, pure Arabic, and uh, Egyptian. I didn't know that so many existed. Then there are Moroccans, there are Kurdish people, there, I mean, countless. My, my, my I would not say suggest, suggestion, my desire and prayer will be that whatever you know, whomever you see unknown in the, please pray, Lord, give me someone that I can share. And I tell you, God honors that kind of prayer. God honors I, I, this is a mission conference, but mission goes 24 hours 7. It's not for seven days. What about language group you pray? There are, I mean, I don't want to teach about Quran now because internet is loaded, loaded with you open anything with Islam, anything with Quran, you will have hundreds and hundreds of pages you can, you can hear, you can read, you can learn about it. But the main thing is that learning and uh, learning and knowing all this, that cannot, uh, that cannot save or arguing. I, I stopped arguing many years ago. I can win an argument, but I cannot win its soul for the Lord. Sometimes, I, I, I do not say that you do not argue at all. Sometimes argument is needed. But the thing is that it is totally dependent upon Holy Spirit. If He, if he prompts you to argue and share a thing, you do it. We, we have a brother in um, Smedic, his name is Paul Matson. And he distributes, his only ministry is distributing uh, Jesus DVD. And for years he has been doing, and he goes to wherever he finds that a Muslim group is unreached. He goes to Liverpool, he goes to Glasgow, he goes to Newcastle upon Tyne, he goes to uh, Dublin, he, comes, he works in Birmingham, he works in London, he, and he faces trouble. And he just, he's a very brave man. He goes to places where Somalis live and he goes to the cafe, orders a coffee and starts talking. And uh, it's uh, near Streatham, South London, there is a big Somali market. The moment they saw him, no. You cannot come in here. They stopped, uh, they stopped him coming, going from there. He, could not, he cannot go there. But he goes. Wherever the opportunity arises, he goes. And uh, now uh, the, the largest group is coming uh, from non- I mean, uh, other background is Somalian. Please pray for the Somali people. We have in Spark, uh, Sparkbrook area, a big group of Somalis. Uh, the main thing is that I can talk for hours, but the thing is that, um, main thing is that mission is knocking at our door. You go to a, 
market, you go to uh, go by train, you go to a bookshop, you go to a clothes shop, you will see you will see a new group of people always. One funniest thing, <laughs> last year, November, three, uh, three people from a supporting church from Maryland, they came and they stayed with us. Uh, they stayed two, three nights. And <laughs> Pastor Kendall, he said, Mohan, where is England? <laughs> Mohan, where is England? <laughs> and I said, this is the England. This is England. And God, God for a purpose, bringing these people here. I mean, people coming legally, illegally, that's government's business. But my business is to give him a tract, share the love of God, help wherever I can. And my prayer will be that, uh, please, you pray every day. Lord, show me. Show me a new group, a uh, new person to whom I can show the love of God. It can be English, it can be Irish, it can be Romanian, it can be, it may not be Asian at all. Two years ago, I was distributing tract on uh, uh, Ladypool Road. One young man, about 18, 19 years old, he was passing by, and he was looking at the church like, kind of puzzled and I said uh, can I help you anyway and he said no I said uh, would you like to take a new testament and he said what for he was he had a haunting look in his face I said uh, come on have a cup of tea with us and I took him inside no I couldn't take him inside he he, he didn't want to come and he said you look very tired very uh, very troubled he said I come from Afghanistan and my body, my mate died in my arms only seven or six days ago. And he was just 19, not even 20, and he, he had such a haunted look. I said, can I pray for you? He said, yes. And I prayed for him. And I said, I cannot give peace, but God can give you peace. And this is the Bible. If you read, you'll find peace in it. And I, I could give him a New Testament. And he thanked me profusely and walked away. See, anybody can be your, uh, you can help. Anybody, whoever, who, who, God says, whoever is, whoever is thirsty, come to me. So, I, I would encourage you that uh, prayerfully go out. The neighborhood is changing and you are doing, uh, you have a good, wonderful pastor. He, you are doing door-to-door visitation. We do. You are doing. Uh, there is nothing to be, Disappointed, I can encourage you that God is, God is doing His work. God is not quiet. He is doing His work. Indonesia made a law that Christians cannot say the word of love for God. I think about two years now. But the inside story, these religious leaders, they're afraid that within 20 or 25 years, most of the Indonesia will be converted. Do you believe me? It is happening. They're afraid. Um, there is a Bible college in the Indonesia. I read about it. I have not visited it. Neither I met anybody from that college. 
you cannot graduate from the college. There are certain clauses. You finish all your theology studies, pass your exams, but they give you one year before graduation. You go out in the boondocks or whatever and start a church, and then you come back for graduation. Out of ten, four to five people die. If ten students go out to start church, only five or six people graduate. I know that it is, we are not facing that. But God has called, called us to do things like that. God does miracles when we are willing. When I am not willing, don't think that God is taught. God is doing his work. But only thing will be, I'll be out of the business. I'll be out of the business. His work is going on. The rough estimate is Arab Peninsula. There is more than 100,000 believers, secret believers. More than 100. I met a British pastor working in Arab, just ministering to the uh, expats. He told me that. So, brothers and sisters, be encouraged. I thank you for this time you have given me. I can talk whole night, but... Uh, uh, work is going on in Birmingham. It's an exciting place to be. I moved from Spark Hill to Erdington now. And we are getting involved with uh, Six Ways Baptist Church. Pray for us. Um, I have visited families, people. And God is, go- God, God is doing his work. Only thing is that I have to join the line with him. Lord, take me with you. <laughs> yes, and a few prayer requests. Um, my wife wanted to come today, but uh, this evening, but tomorrow she's leading, uh, she has arranged a picnic for a group of ladies, mostly from Muslim background. They are going to, I'm also going with them. Uh, we are going to Bird Sanctuary in uh, uh, this place is not Cheltenham, uh, it's Cotswold. Uh, Burton on water or something like that. So please pray that we'll have interactions, we'll time together there would be uh, opportunities to share the gospel. The whole thing is that main focus is anybody asks, anybody wants to know, and we, ha- we would have opportunity to share the gospel. So, um, yes, I thank you. I don't know how, how I, my talks are half a year, but uh, anyway, I'm very thankful that uh, you, had, you have allowed me to come here and speak. And... Uh, Be encouraged, brothers and sisters, that gospel is the ultimate winner. And we'll we'll be winner. We are on the winning side. We are on the winning side. We are not losers. Sometimes we feel like losers. Or most of the days we feel like losers. But we are not. Uh, Let's let's pray. And pray for this neighborhood. And then I'll ask pastor to come and finish that. Father, we thank you that you have placed us in the exact place where you want us to be. Thank you, Lord, for brothers and sisters and this church standing for many, many decades proclaiming your word. And we pray that bless this group of people, Lord, in an amazing way. That they will be like uh, wonderful soul soul winners, like the uh, days of Acts, like apostles. 
Lord, there will be persecution, there will be struggle, there will be test, there will be temptations, but give us victory, Lord. And uh, we are weaker vessels, but when you fill us with the Holy Spirit, Lord, we know that uh, we become powerful. So for your glory, Lord, use this church, use our brothers and sisters here for the extension of your kingdom. Fill each one of us with thy Holy Spirit and the knowledge of God in such a way that, Lord, whoever asks, whatever they ask, that we will be able to answer and give the right answer, Lord, so that their hearts and spirits will be moved. Thank you, Lord, for this evening. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs>